Welcome back to the best damn MMA podcast you've never heard of, the No Name MMA Show. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday, December 7th. We have a lot to talk about, especially concerning the tea with Patty the Batty and Ariel Hawani in the lead-up to UFC 282 this weekend. But before all of that, let's talk about this last weekend. First off, I want to talk about the Balenciaga news um, that happened last weekend. First, I wanted to say that I did not know enough about it at the time because apparently there was also other um, child pornography stuff that was out and about in the sets. Uh, there was apparent books of photography from a dude that's very sus where it was a bunch of naked children and weird positions and stuff. That was a part of the set in one of the ads that Balenciaga had. So there was definitely other shit going on there besides that one time just children with a, a fucking weird like net bear shit and that fucking uh, U.S. court. Uh, concerning pornography, child pornography. So yeah, so, uh, Balenciaga is just just pedo pedo bill apparently at this point. So that's nice. Um, another thing that's nice, Kanye came out as a full Nazi. Sorry, yay. Um, uh, where you know he made Alex Jones fucking gulp and shame. I mean, when you have a guy that was saying that Sandy Hook was fake. Um, and he's the one that's just like, dude, you're going a little too far saying that you love Adolf. Um, but yeah, so at least now it is fully known. He is a Nazi. It's okay. It's cool. It is what it is. Yeah, he's a Nazi. And yeah, he's just a Nazi. So if you fuck with a Nazi, like, I don't fuck with you. I mean, yeah. So just reconcile the fact that Kanye West is that. But yeah, another news, uh, me and Nina got our Christmas tree this past weekend and decorated it, the full nine yards and everything. Nina uh, ended up making this advent calendar where it's 24 Christmas movies. And we've actually been doing pretty good. We're going to be uh, watching a Christmas story today. Um, we did watch Bad Santa, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 one, um, The Muppets Christmas Carol, and Jack Frost. Um, yesterday we did not watch one. I needed to take a break. Um, so yeah, I gave it to Nina and we watched Black Hawk Down because she hadn't seen it. And yeah, your boy needed a break. Um, especially a lot of those movies were like pretty, pretty depressing. I mean, fucking bad Santa aged terribly. I was like, oh shit, this is so fucking sad. Anyway, that's enough of that and enough of the last week. We move on to the MMA Minute. First, um, UFC 286 has been announced for March 18th in London. Uh, more than likely on the card, it's going to be a fight between Kamaru Usman versus now welterweight champ Leon Edwards. It has not been announced. Uh, but yeah, UFC 286 will mark the first pay-per-view in the UK since UFC 204 on October 8th, 2016. Um, that is when Bisping defended his title um, in a headliner for Manchester Arena. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Molly Meatball is going to be there. Patty's going to be there. 
Uh, hmm. Who else? Darren Till's got to be there. Tom Aspinall's got to be there. I mean, all these motherfuckers. I wonder how Tom Aspinall's doing, actually. It's been a minute since his surgery, so hopefully he has recovered in time to fight on that card because that would be dope. But March 18th, London. Um, Kevin Holland's coach this past weekend, Bob Perez, explains the mindset behind making corner stoppages. Um, he says that you have to be the protector. Um, in an interview, he says, my, prairie, my primary job is to protect him. I would... Do that for you or any other fighter. You have to prevent. People can die in there, man. I think as fans, we tend to forget that. They can die in there. It could have been a career-ending or permanent damage injury that could have done to this hand. Thankfully, it's not that bad. And to be honest, I mean, he could have, he could have thrown in the towel in the third, but I get it. Give him a shot. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he did it. I don't like that he asked his fighter first. I think that once a fighter tells you that they're fucked in a certain way, shape, or form, that they're doing it to tell you, like, get me out of here. They're not telling you that they're fucked because they want to tell you. I mean, if I were a fighter, I'd be like, no, I'm fucking going. Like, it is what it is. We're moving on. We're going. No fighter is going to quit on a stool. So... Luckily, Kevin Holland was just like, hey, my hand's broke. I can't do anything, and I'm getting my ass whipped. Thankfully. Um, In terms of fight of the year, you guys are crazy. Um, I just, I don't know. It was fucking insane. But like I said, I mean, the hand was compromised by the end of the first, second round. Um... And it was a one-way street. Stephen Thompson was going off. Like, yeah, Kevin Holland did hurt him a little bit, but after he didn't take him down, to Brendan Schaub's point, you need wins, dude. Like, you don't need an L to Wonder Boy. Like, you could Why? Why spend all this time getting your jujitsu? Is he a black belt, I think? Why spend all the time doing all of that? getting all that just to have a kickboxing match. I get it. I understand. I mean, hopefully you had fun, but definitely won't be having as much fun as that extra check that you would have gotten winning. So, I don't know. But yeah, it's just, you know, learning pains at 170. He's going to have to... Kevin Holland does this thing where if the fight doesn't really quite go his way, he does tend to start talking about his opponent more instead of talking at him. But I don't don't know. Yeah, it was just one of those, like, he wasn't quite mature enough yet for Wonder Boy. He's going to have to get over that shit of, oh, it's a gentleman's bet. I'm going to beat him where I want to beat him. Like, it's an MMA match, man. Just fucking make it MMA. Make some fucking martial arts, dude. Like, what the fuck? So, yeah. According to his manager, moving on from that, former Bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw has informed the UFC of his retirement. Uh, There was a lot of back and forth on Monday. Uh, Initial sources said that, yeah, he was retired. Uh, There was that... um, I forgot the bot, but that thing that... the, The bot on Twitter that tells you if 
UFC fighter removed or whatever. Showed TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw informed the UFC. Um, there was a UFC official that said that no, he was retired. And then it was confirmed with TJ's management that he had in fact retired after his recent soldier shoulder surgery. Um, yeah, um, they apparently got bad news about the recovery. You know, you're going to be getting a, a surgery on a shoulder you already had a surgery on. And it's going to take twice as long. You're 36. Um, so, yeah, I guess he decided that he didn't want to do the USADA testing or that he was just done, period. Off of that, Henry Cejudo believes that TJ Dillashaw is just wanting out of the USADA pool with retirement. He says on his YouTube show, is TJ Dillashaw really retired? The first thing that comes to mind, which I don't think he's dumb enough to do that, maybe he got busted again. I don't think that's the case. I think TJ Dillashaw is getting surgery again, which I believe that's true. And I don't think he wants USADA knocking on his door every other week. Guys, I get it gets annoying. As much as I love USADA, it's a lot of tests, you guys. It takes a lot of time and an effort and time away from your family. So me automatically thinking that TJ Dillashaw is retiring, I think it's just a thing to get him out of there and not get tested by USADA. I guarantee you with TJ Dillashaw, they're probably taking every blood taking blood every single time. That stuff just is not cool. I get it. You have to understand that if you are having surgery and recovering, you might not want to wake up at 5 a.m., possibly three times a week. I mean, we saw with Jiri Prochaska, he got tested almost one time a day every day for a month. He, he got tested like 50 times in the span of two months. He was just like, you know, that's the cost of being a champion. But if you're fucking retired, you just had surgery, bro. And I get the argument for the integrity of the sport, considering TJ had popped before. And typically when you're jumping back into the USADA training pool, you're going to be in there for six months. You're going to have to have two tests. Maybe with TJ, you just test him more. But as much as I agree that there's no point in him not retiring, what if he actually is? Like, we're all assuming. Maybe he's done. He's making bank off of clean juice. Shit. He's being remembered by everybody. Come back, face another killer in a couple of years after repairing your surgery again. And it's your bad one that's fucking up all the time. I mean, I don't know. I would be perfectly okay with TJ Dillashaw staying retired. Went out in a championship fight. Lost. It is what it is. But yeah, uh, speaking of people that don't know what it is, what it is means, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier have been going back and forth on Twitter where Dustin Poirier has been suffering from a staph infection that uh, he had, and then they try to use antibiotics, and the antibiotics weren't working. It does look like he is on the mend after today. Uh, he was attending his daughter's play at school. But while he was at hospital, he was releasing pictures of his infected foot. Um, Connor decided to tweet out that's now been deleted. Karma left the paw on all ha ha. Chop that thing off. Keep it for Halloween, pal. Ha ha ha. McGregor wrote. Like, does Connor McGregor not have the self-awareness to understand that Dustin Poirier has a chain of him with his fucking 
foot on his chain. Like, dude, he owns you, bro. Remember Dr. Stoppage? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. I just don't. Just the lunacy. Uh, it was nice and quirky lunacy, but now it's just like deranged, weird, and it's not even entertaining. It's just like fucking stupid, especially because he's gotten owned. So a lot of his like knack was before it was just perfect. Now it's just like out of a superiority because he has more money. Like, okay, whatever. And Mr. Bazian had to get away uh, from his former team saying to MMA fighting that he had a toxic feeling from them. Uh, back when I was training in Glendale, I feel like my last couple of fights, it was a bit of a toxic feeling and stressful with my surroundings. Shabazian explained that when speaking with MMA fighting, I had to get away from that. That's one of the other reasons that I got away from there. Now that I have all this opportunity in front of me, living in Vegas, living on my own, it's so good for me. I feel free mentally and physically. It's just been great. And... I mean, I'm happy for him. I don't know. Like, he's going to... I'm really excited for what his future holds. He's still very, very young. And I think those those painful losses to, like, Derek Brunson, like, those are the ones that you need, especially when you're, like, undefeated and you, you've had your weight. Like, some, you need to be enamored. Always being the hammer, as cool as it is, I mean, that's why... That's why Israel Adesanya's like reign as a title challenger and champion and everything else because he just was fucking running over people. But sometimes it just doesn't work like that. And I think that a fighter is better after getting his ass pummeled. So I'm really, really excited for his next chapter in his career. I think he's fighting out of Extreme Couture, so that's going to be nice. Eric Nixick is a genius. So yeah. All the best of luck to Edmund. Um, but yeah. Uh, so this weekend, um, in reference to the beginning of the show, Ariel Helwani went off on Patty Pimlet in the MMA hour. Um, he said, in response to the Patty podcast with Dana White, where, first, let's talk about that. First, Patty says, I hate all these journalists, especially the ones that earn off of us. Ariel Helwani, in particular, loves earning money off of fighters. Every decent job he's had, he's been sacked from, and now he's just as biased content creator, Pimblet said. He hates you. He hates on the UFC, and he even hates on me now. It's, it proper annoys me. He continued. He uses fighters for clicks, uses fighters to make money, and then he has the audacity to talk about the UFC and yourself saying that you don't pay the fighters enough. Get your dough out, Ariel. So, from there, uh, Ariel Holani brought out the receipts saying, you asked me to interview you. You asked to be on my show. Your manager then asked me to pay to have you on. Which, at that point, they said, no, not you, BT Sport, which was like, okay, I'm going to have to ask BT Sport to get you paid like the budget, add it for the budget. And it's just like, dude, you asked me. You asked me. 
the, but that's like just the beginning of the annoyance with Patty on this part because Ariel had Patty on before Patty was in the UFC, bro. He was a dude that looked at you out for you before. You fucking got a fake set of teeth, and now you think you're all high and mighty asking for money for an interview? Which is cool. I mean, he's popular, so he's probably getting paid to be on Food Truck Diaries because Brandon Shop can only pay people to be on his show because, dear God. You're probably getting paid, but this is where it starts to really annoy me. The guy that's fucking you is literally right in front of you. To be as dense as to say that Ariel deserves to pay you more and not Dana White after you got paid 12 and 12 to fucking sell out the O2 arena and Ariel needs to pay you, bro? You're getting paid a million dollars to have a podcast on Barstool Sports. And you're getting paid tens of thousands to be in a cage fighting for your life. And Ariel needs to pay you more? Like, what? Get the fuck out of here. So that's the one thing. So Ariel fucked with you before the UFC fucked with you. So that's one. Not to mention that Dana is, you're literally cuck boy for Dana right now. And then third, like bringing up Ariel to Dana. We all know that Dana doesn't like Ariel, right? It's almost like you were doing it to like, <laughs> ain't that right, boss? You really dislike that guy, boss, right? It's like, I, I, I really dislike him too. He's a, he's a rotten, a rotten boy. Like, dude, maybe if you didn't have your tongue so far up Dana's ass, you would see that he's shitting all over you. Like, I just don't. Whenever, whenever you go back and look back on the fight card in London, it was Patty the Batty the whole time. Like, that was you. Like, you're so blind in rage over Ariel not paying you to be on his podcast to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll shit on him. Meanwhile, you're getting, like, fucked by Dana, the worst out of everybody. If you're getting exploited by anybody here, it's Dana. In any position, in any position where it's Dana versus Ariel, I don't care how you feel about Ariel. I don't know. Like, I get it. Whatever. But it's always going to be Ariel's going to be right because Dana's wrong. But then after the receipts, it's just like after the voicemail. Like, dude. And you're doing it just to get, like, a rise out of Dana because you're 
I don't know, dude. It's just so pathetic all the way around. And it's so sad. So, yeah, it's just a, a bummer. Because it's just like, uh, what was the point in that? Not to mention that you're doing the whole anti-bullying thing and then decide to just trash somebody without them being able to defend themselves. Like, be about it. Like, if you're that guy, be about it. Just be an asshole. Don't do not do a whole anti-bullying thing and then be like, oh, I want to talk shit about Ariel. One or the other, bro. Shit or get off the pot. But yeah. Moving on, uh, one championship is set for the United States debut in May. Um, also, with the announcement, they announced that Demetrius Johnson versus Adriana Marias three is going to be on the card. Um, in the first outing between them, uh, Adriana won via second round knockout with a knee straight to the temple. Um, in the second meeting, uh, Johnson ended up returning the favor. Knee, but not to the temple this time, to the face. Um, it was perfection. Uh, but yeah. So now they're going to set it up for the trilogy. And I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be fun. And uh, I think it's going to be in Colorado. So that'll be nice. But yeah, one championship finally making landfall in the United States after so much time. But that is it for the MMA Minute. Now on to Tale of the Tape. And I'd like to toot my own horn. I think out of the two picks that I had, I th- I thought I said that um, Taichavasa was going to get wrecked and that Wonderboy was going to come out with a win over Kevin Holland. So, yeah, um, just saying that, you know, in this new segment, I'm 2-0. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to try to keep this segment alive as long as possible, but as long as it's alive, I'm 2-0, at least for right now. This week, we have UFC 282 headline by Jan Blahovich versus Magomed Ankalaev for the light heavyweight strap. Uh, but we do have a packed fucking pay-per-view. I mean, Chris Curtis is in the prelim, guys. Come on. Uh, first, in regards to the main event, I think that John Blahovich does have that Polish power. Maybe not so much wrestling. I know that the wrestling that he had against Israel Adesanya was very good, but do keep in mind that Israel Adesanya was not a real 205-er. He was a 185-er going up. Pretty much a 185-er not cutting weight. So, yeah. Uh, Magomed Angolayev, I just... That dude is a beast. And I just think that that wrestling, him being in Nevada... John having to fly over week of, and I, I don't know. I just, I really like Uncle Ive's chances chances here. And I think that we're going to end up with another fucking Dagestan motherfucker at the helm of another division. I mean, dude, another beater guy. So, yeah. So, that is my pick for the main event, Magomed Uncle Ive. I will say that... I don't know. It's going to be five rounds, so who's who knows? Jan Blachowicz, has he ever gone to... I don't know if he's gone to championship rounds. But 
that'll be fun to see. Um, moving on to the co-main event of the evening, we have Patty versus Jared. And while I did just talk shit about Patty, it's going to be a closer fight. I mean, uh, Jared is one scary motherfucker, and but Patty's pretty good. And we'll have to see how the stand-up actually looks like. But, I don't know. Looks pretty good. I think that if Patty loses, some of that shine and some of the antics leading up to this fight will end up being bad in reciprocation. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think that it'll be a close one. I got Jared just barely razor thin over Patty, but who? I mean, literally, they're fucking identical. Um, the rest of the card, uh, Santiago Posadibio is now fighting Alex Morono after Robbie Lawler comes off of injury. Um, Santiago Posadibio, I got him. Uh, we also have the return of Darren Till against Driscus Duplessis. Um, Darren Till looks very motivated. He looks happy, healthy. Uh, I like that look on him. Dris- Driscus is fucking insane. Uh, I think it's going to be very close. I'm going to be pulling for Darren Till. I don't know who's going to win, but... I'm pulling for Till. Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Taporia. I got Ilya. Uh, possibly knockout, dude, because Ilya's a bad motherfucker. Um, Raul Rosas Jr., 18 years old, fighting Jay Parham. Um, he is set to make history if he gets a win, but I just don't fucking know, man. Um, I have no fucking idea. But fuck it for the chaos, Raul Rosas Jr., sub. Uh, Chris Dawkins versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. If, Dris- if Chris Dawkins goes out there and tries to wrestle him and succeeds, it's going to be a long night for Jarzinho Rosenstrike. It's going to be a long night for him either way because that motherfucker likes to finish on the last five seconds of every fight. So, yeah. Um, previously talked about Edmund Shabazian is going to be fighting Dolce Ligambula. Um, I got Edmund. I think the change in gyms is going to help him out a lot. So, yeah, hopefully this is uh, his redemption. Chris Curtis against Joaquin Buckley. I got Chris Curtis. Um, Billy Quarantillo against Alexander Hernandez. That's going to be a fucking dope fight. I got Billy Q. Uh, Eric Silva Eric Silva against TJ Brown. I have Eric Silva because I don't know. Then we have Vanisca Salvador against Daniel Da Silva. I think I got Daniel Da Silva. He's pretty. I think he's a beast. I think if I'm remembering him right. The first fight of the card, Cameron Simon against Steven Kozlov. I don't know either one of those guys, but Simon has a pretty cool last name, so I'm going to go with him. But yeah, that is it for this week's show. Um, I do think it's my best episode yet. Wouldn't be here without you. Would love to talk shit with you, hear your thoughts, etc. Are my takes bad? Let me know. Hit me up at Twitter, at no name at at no name MMA one on Instagram at no dot name dot MMA dot show or shoot me an email at no name MMA show at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Enjoy the fights. Uh, I didn't talk about this, but Danny Sepatello against uh, Rafion Stotts is going to be dope. And that's the fight that I'm most interested this weekend for the chaos, Danny Sepatello, but it's going to be a close one. Yeah. Have a great Western. Ugh. West, West. I started Brandon Shop. See, I can only do it for so long and then I start fucking up. Have a great rest of your weekend. Invest in your mental health. And as always, fuck you, John Jones. Peace.